Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Um, due to life and, you know, you know, life, lifing, I'm just going to be with the podcast to Friday. I think it just works better for me. So going forward from obviously to this point onward, Friday drops for the podcast. So this week, um, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about a book. So it's called One Night, One Bite by Drea Anderson. Now, if you are a Drea Anderson fan and you happen to be signed up for her newsletter, then you already read a shorter version of this novella in her newsletter. So when I got the newsletter, I was like, mm, let me see what's, what's, what's up with this, this book. I downloaded it and I read it and I immediately was like, and at that point, it wasn't novella length. It was like really short story length. And I was like, oh, my God, where's the rest? I need more. I need to be in this world. What is going on? Please, please. And so when she let us know that she was going to actually be releasing this short as a longer uh, novella, I literally was over the moon. So it came out February 28th. And um, let me read for you guys uh, the blurb because... Ugh, So this is a new sort of universe or world, whichever word you prefer, for Drea, and I cannot wait to be immersed in it. Like, I I need to be immersed in it so bad. So here's the blurb for one night, one bite. For Raven Sampson, it wasn't just Valentine's Day, it was her birthday, and surely she deserved one night off from responsibility. She was a step above rock bottom and was holding on by the skin of her teeth. She gave herself one night, and then it was back to her grind. She didn't count on running into him. Sebastian Longford put duty before everything. Captain of the King's Guard, his mission in life was making sure the vampires in his coven survived and thrived. He didn't care who he had to go through to make that happen. But one night, he bumped into her, and all of a sudden, duty started warring with his mating instinct. So, this is not long. It's 80 pages, guys. It's 80 pages. Typical time to read, according to Kindle, is one hour and 36 minutes. All I can tell you is you are going to get to the end of those 80 pages and be like, fuck. And you're going to be fuck. You're going to be fuck. You're going to say fuck, not because you're sad or you're mad, because it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. But because you're going to be like, you want more. You desperately want more. You need more. You are salivating for more. You are begging the universe for more. And by the universe, we really mean we're begging Drea for more. We're going to be like, <laughs> we're just going to show up on all her socials and be like, so when are we getting more? When are we getting more? So here's the thing. Um, way back in the day, I read, you know, I read, I think, I don't remember if Twilight was my first sort of vampire romance or if it was the BDB, or if it was around the same time that I discovered. No, Twilight came after the BDB, because I think the BDB had already started to read it, and then I read Twilight, and I was like, glitter in the sun. That's weird. Why don't they just, like, go poof? Anyway, for a while, vampire romance was everywhere, right? Um, I believe Cresley Cole's Immortals After Dark has vampires. I started to read that, couldn't really, like, get into it. May try it again at a later date. But, you know, the early aughts, there was definitely vampire romance all up and, you know, all up and everywhere, right? Guild Hunter, finally saying, I love him. 
there's vampires. One of the things that I don't think um, at that point I was thinking about that I do think about now, who I didn't know if there were any like black authors writing um, black vampires, like vampires also happen to be black people. Um, So Drew was like, I'm going to give it to y'all. And let me tell you, one of the things that I do really appreciate about paranormals is how each author is able to take established lore, right? So for werewolves, there's certain things that are kind of like the norm, right? Obviously, a character is shifting between being um, a regular person or human and their wolf self, whether their wolf self is a full-blown wolf a hybrid of a wolf, whatever, whether they're the bigger, whether they're natural, whatever, right? Vampires, usually they drink blood, right? Some vampire lore, depending on the author, they burst into flames in the sunshine or turn to dust. Others, they are perfectly fine. They can, you know, put on some sunscreen and go outside. Others, you know, they can't see the reflection in a mirror and garlic and whatever. Silver bullets usually tend to kill them. But you could also, the author kind of gets to choose what aspects of traditional vampire lore they want to use and what aspects that maybe they want to introduce for themselves. So Drea gives us um, an incredible intro to this world, right? Again, um, at the end of this book, Sebastian and Raven are together. So if you're like worried, like, is it a cliffhanger? It is not. This ends with them together. I do think that this is a pairing because this is a novella. Uh, some people might call it a prequel, 0.5 to a series, whatever you, words you want to use. I do hope and pray that we get to see Sebastian and Raven's relationship grow and evolve, potentially as maybe... Um, backstory in the books of other characters in this world Um, because I do really love when I'm reading a book and I get to see glimpses of a previous couple and I get you know it's like you know maybe it's just like a few scenes of them just being happy and in love maybe it's like uh, maybe there if there's such a thing as like a a formal and or public mating ceremony maybe that's like a, a pivotal point that we get to see this couple have this wonderful moment, but maybe the other, the, the actual main couple of the book also has something pivotal happen at that, at that moment. So I'm really hoping that this isn't the last that we've seen of Sebastian and Raven. And I don't think it is. I think a Sebastian is head of the king, like captain of the King's guard, the King, obviously the, Oh, sorry. You're probably like, what king? There's a vampire king. His name is Levi. Sebastian is his, you know, his, 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 his captain of his guard. I want Levi to have a book. Lucas, who works with them, I want Lucas to have a book. Sammy, who's best friends with Raven, I want her to have a book. We, um, we, uh, we, by we, I mean me, I, myself, am really curious to know more about Raven herself, because in this book, in this universe, uh, we don't just have vampires. We have supernaturals, okay? We have supernaturals. So a 
in this world, different supernaturals have taken over the southern United States. The country is basically split between the north and the south. Humans get the north. Supernaturals get the south. And within that, right, we also have, you know, different types of supernaturals. So what are they, right? We have an inkling because Raven is not a vampire. Um, I'm trying to find the term. I should have highlighted it. I highlighted other things. I did not highlight what she was, but she is not a vampire. So already I'm like, so are we going to go learn more about, you know, her, her parents, that whole thing, um, and what happens because I, I kind of need to know, like, I kind of, I kind of have to know, like, what is going on, right? Um, so her father is um, the head of the Mujaji. The Mujaji are like, I don't know if they're fire mages specifically, um, but her having red hair is very significant of where she comes from. Another thing that I think was interesting, we are informed that the, so Sebastian and Levi they the type of vampires they are they're called the bayi or i'm saying bayi it's b-a-y-i could be bayi i'm saying bayi why because i want to then there are like weird wicked types of vampires that the humans have been like sending down south to you know fuck shit up those are called the buru b-u-r-u i want to know oh and so what we learn is that the bayi when they, you know, have children. The kid's always going to be by and 90% male. Meaning that the this group of vampires, bayis, have to obviously mate with women, the supernaturals of, uh, like, with women of other supernatural groups. I already want to know if there is going to be a bayi and human pairing. I already am like, so is she going to give us that? Like, is that what, is that endgame? Is that what's going to, like, unite the, the, the north and the south or is that what's gonna you know keep the peace you know stop the wars yada 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 um what other kind of supernaturals are there uh it are there humans that do live in the south that are like fuck it you know someone in my family is tied to a supernatural and like i'm down here i i want to know i need to know when will i know so i read this short and it was so good um it also felt just so like, just so like, like, I don't know, it was just so good to read, like, of, of Black vampires, right, like, in the South, like, you know, basically in Georgia, and they're running shit, and, you know, Sebastian's found his me, and, you know, how, I also thought it was really interesting, right, that vampires have a coven. I feel like coven is usually a word used for witches, right? A witch's coven. Vampires, I feel like um, some authors use a kiss of vampires. There's other words that I've, I think use in terms of like referring to a group of vampires. I like though that she used coven because if in this world that's supernatural. So one of the things that we find out is that Sebastian 
And all of the men in the king's guard, along with the king, have essentially a telepathic link. I mean, that's basically magic. So if, you know, that's a different kind of magic, maybe from actual witchcraft, wizardry, but it's still magic. So like, coming to me, like, make a sense, you know, like, I get it. Um, But like, Sebastian and Raven, I also like, like, so she's recently divorced. She literally is out for the night with her friend this exclusive place and it's kind of like I shouldn't even be out here I'm recently divorced I you know I'm trying to figure my life out and Sebastian's just there to work like he is there to guard his king who is busy like setting up a meeting of importance and then fate is like time to meet your mate was also really cool mated pairs uh will bolster each other's powers so homegirl's ex-husband I guess thought that we get married your power is going to bolster mine and that's not what happened because Faded was probably like you a dizzy bitch you don't get to heaven and so she ends up having that connection with Sebastian or Bass as he's called and I just I I know I'm going to read this again because I don't know when uh she's going to give us more books in this universe but I'm really really excited for this universe I'm really just like like last week I told you guys I'd read a different uh vampire book and I was kind of like I needed more information about these people and here's the thing this is a novella I think it's even shorter than Sweet Fang was but what she definitely laid down was mating faded mates happens in this world and it is instant now that doesn't mean that we may not at some point get a book in this world where it isn't instant i'm sure she'll have reasons for it or maybe she won't maybe it'll always be instant but she let us know faded mates exist in this world you know what also exists in this world a vampire king a vampire king that may or may not end up being the ruler of the south we don't know because the series just started what does that king have he is a guard and these are the men this is what they do like they you know she gave me the details I needed to have to not only understand what was happening in this world I understood why you know Raven and Bass get they get it on in the club then they get it on another place but you know because if you want me to believe that in this world as soon as you see your mate you know, each of you is like, like, and, and there isn't a dampening of like that, like, I need to be with this person until the bond is, it, you know, clicks in the place. I need to see that. I need to see that on the page. You can't, you know, leave that out. So what I really appreciate about this book is that as short as it was, it gave me what I needed to make sense of this world. I read this and I wasn't like, it's not that I didn't have questions. Who is Levi going to end up with? What's going to happen? What other kind of supernaturals are there? What is homegirl's father going to do? Why do the Majaji disown? Because her father essentially disowns her because she is mated to a body. Here's the thing. If mates are fated, as in, I can't, like, if I meet my mate, I meet my mate. What am I supposed to do? Not choose them? So why would the father, why would her father be all like, you made it? We send you your stuff and you cut off. What? 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 What kind of ridiculousness is that, right? I have questions. 
But what I didn't have questions about was I know exactly how vampires work in this world. I know that there are other supernaturals and that as I read more books in this world, as this world expands, I will learn more. But what I have is enough for the 80 pages you gave me. I didn't get to that end and go, you left out important vital information that has me lost and confused, right? Because in Sweet Fang, I was like, these people have been in the same town and Homeboy's 94 and nobody noticed? Do people know about vampires? How does this work? I, I knew immediately. Humans know that vampires exist. Now, I don't think that humans live in the South, but I don't know. Also, is Sammy a supernatural? That wasn't made clear. That was not made clear. That was, that was a, that to me feels like you asked the author that question, like, what kind of supernatural is Sammy? And she goes, TBR, or, you know, keep reading, like, to be, you know, like, I'm not going to tell you, because it's a, it's a plot point later down the road. So who knows? Who knows what, what's going on with Sammy? But I can't wait to find out. That's all I know. That's all I can tell you, that I cannot wait for more in this universe I cannot wait yo yo because like my mind is going all over the place like the types of supernaturals that there can be the kinds of pairings that there can be what if you know there are pairings that are you know a throuple or whatever like I don't know but am I excited and jonesing to find out hell the fuck yeah hell the fuck yeah so that that specifically for me I was just like and on top of that I really liked how these characters south sounded like they were from the south uh oh also the history there was like this cataclysmic event that happens 200 years ago that leads to supernaturals being you know coming into being are we going to get that kind of history and Raven works for this place called the Argive where their job is to keep the history of them of of the supernaturals so what kind of history are we maybe going to get to see when we say 200 years is she talking about it's present day and go back 200 years so you know uh crap 1800 something are we talking about 1700 something it are these books set a little bit in the future like maybe they're set in like 2030 so like when I don't know. Now, in this book, uh, they were texting, cell phones exist. So I'm, I'm assuming that this is kind of set in more or less modern, like like time-wise, like in the 20, 20s, maybe 2030s max, right? So then that means that like United States splits, you know, 1800s or so, 18 something, let's say 1830, right? Because from 1830 to 20. 30 is 200 years. Can I do math? I know how math works. Yes, that, that makes sense to me. So what kind of history is that, right? Like, what does that mean? Are we... Are, I just had the psycho crazy thought of what if she did historical set of this world? And you might be going, as her a paranormal historical... Oh, I'm forgetting this author. But there's an author that did exactly that. My only issue with her book is her, her, the, it was more like the English was a little bit older. And I was like, you could have just written today's English, but about that time period, like 
homegirl was at a ball and the werewolf guy finds her and is like, this is my me. And Rowan's like, this reclusive duke wants you? What? This is crazy. Da, 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 da. And it turns out that like, it's a whole thing. So it does exist. And I would, oh my God, I would be over the moon if she ever decided to do paranormal historical. Because you have already made it clear to us. And this this is what I'm talking about, right? This is what I'm talking about when I say she gave us the details that we needed to have by telling us the supernaturals show up and things changed 200 years ago, right? We can, if she decides to give us a book set in 1902, we're not going to be like, that's weird. That's not weird. Because you said 200 years ago, this is, this is when things change. So we can go back. Maybe have, you know, um, maybe have like the ancestors of either Raven or Bass or Levi, somebody, right? Um, also, it seems that Vampires live quite some time. Bass mentions that he's, it's his fourth decade as a vampire, but I don't know if it meant as, as in since birth or since he'd been turned. That was maybe the one thing I wasn't sure. Can people be turned? Like, can humans be turned into vampires? Or vampires only be born? I lean towards vampires can only be born because if you could turn them, then you would just be, like, snatching and grabbing humans all the time. And it doesn't sound like that's something they do. So, basically, Homeboy's, like, 40. But he had asked her, like, what's your heart limit on vampires? Oh, sorry, guys. I'm at home and think my mom. <laughs> oh, she's fine. She's fine. All's well, all's well. Um, he asked her, like, what's your hard limit on vampires? And she was like, you know, up to like 90s. So I was like, oh, so y'all you know, obviously look good, but can live how, you know, much longer than that. So I've, I, I like, I, I want, I want it all. I want to, she wants to do, not if she wants, I, I want to beg for a historical in this universe. I want to beg for more of these books. But clearly I wanted her to start with, the characters we've already met, which is Levi, Lucas, um, Raven, and Sebastian. I want more of them. Sammy, her best friend. Um, I don't care about her ex-husband. I mean, unless he's, like, dying, that's fine. And you might be like, Esther, that's harsh. I think he's a shitty individual. Um, oh, because, like, because his her power and his power didn't, like, whatever. He basically started to be a cheating asshole. So, all garbage. Don't like him. I want to know about her father. I want to know about this council that exists. I want to know about the Mujaji and every super... Like, I just... Guys. I am just really, 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 really fucking excited. And so I had to talk about this. Like, this was the only thing. Like, I've read some other stuff that I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. It was yeah, it was a book. Um, Because I definitely read other things this week because I read a lot, Um, as I've mentioned before. But... Uh, this one night, one bite was, yo, I was like, yes, yes, right? Because like, what did I, I read? Um, The Wedding Night They Never Had by Jackie Ascended. It was okay. It was a little bit odd. It was a little like, wait, what? What's going on here? Um, Homeboy, the, the male main character marries a female main character when she's 16 because her parents were going to marry her off to like a psycho abusive type of man. 
even though he's a grown ass, and so this man marries her, even though he's a girl, I was like, this is how I can protect you, and then he becomes king, and it's like, I need to get a new queen, and she's like, no, I want to be queen, and, you know, because she's falling in love with him, um, I think at this point, she's 21, and it was just, it wasn't bad, but I was like, like, did it keep me, like, on the edge of my seat as I was reading, and did, was I begging for more at the end, like I was with One Night, One Bite? No. Um, I also read Falling for Finn, that by Jackie Ashenda, which I think, according to Goodreads, was her debut. Trash. When I say trash, I mean trash. Capital T. With a garbage can on the end. <clears throat> because, no. No, it was one of those, I've been sexually assaulted. So you're, so please help me create new memories with your dick. Because that'll change things. What? And then. Of course, she runs to her best friend who's been in love with her, but she didn't know. It was just, no. <coughs> Sorry. I definitely think the author's writing has improved, and I was just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. So, really, the only thing that I, I want all of you to go out and get and read, One Night, One by Drea Anderson, you need to read this. You need to read this. If you like vampire romance, you need to read this. If you like paranormal romance, you need to read this, okay? If you like well-written romance, you need to read this. Like, just just read it. Just do yourself a favor. If you like some, like, really, like, really nice, like, you know, sex scenes, you need to read this. Like, it, again, the other vampire book that I read that was also, like, a black romance, left a lot to be desired, left a lot on the table, just, just an acquirement of a con, but this, this makes me think of that TikTok sounds, this is a work of art, okay, this is one night, one bite, I'm telling you, of course, if you're like, Esther, I hate vampires, and I guess, honestly, nah, read it, because you know what, you might end up changing your mind, you might end up being like, yo, I used to think vampire roommates was stupid. Then I read One Night, One Bite, and it changed my life. And you might also come back to me and be like, this didn't change my life. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you weren't blessed. So sorry for you. Because for me, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, So yeah, guys, that is what I needed to tell y'all about this week. Um, Couldn't do it yesterday because... Had to fly from New York to Toronto, you know, family, a little, a little family emergency. Things are looking up. Things are looking good. Um, my mom's is, is looking good. So, but yesterday I was just, I was beat. I was beat. I'm not going to lie. So I was like, oh, I could try and tell them about this book and maybe potentially pass out in the process. And that would be bad. So I was like, I'm going to just push it one day. Everyone's going to be okay. Everything's going to be wonderful. Um, all right, I'm gonna pause here, and this is literally gonna be a short and sweet episode. I don't think I've ever had such a short episode. I'm not even done though, because I'm gonna do gratitude attitude after this. Um, but I'm gonna pause here, and then I'm gonna come back with some gratitude attitude. All right, all right. Okay, so it's time for me to do my gratitude attitude for this week. Um, this week, 
turned into something I was not expecting. Um, so one of the things that I'm really grateful for is the Delta app. You're probably going to be like, girl, what? So I got a call from my mom's building that she, you know, I'd been taken to the hospital, heart palpitations, all that. Of course, my mom's older. I lost my dad uh, about five and a half months ago. Obviously freaked me out. Here's the thing. I live in New York. My mother lives in Toronto, right? <laughs> like, we're close, but we're not that close. Immediately, I'm freaking out. What do I do? I immediately, I'm like, I need to fly home. How do I fly home? I was lucky. I had miles. I go on the Delta app. And, and this is why I'm saying I'm grateful for. This app makes it so easy to book a flight with your mileage. It's like, it takes such a small amount, like, I booked a 5 p.m. flight on the same day at like 1.30. And it took me maybe five minutes, not even. Like I probably spent more time trying to decide like which flight I should take than, you know, actually going through the process. And I basically got to LaGuardia and was on that 5 p.m. flight and landed in Toronto at 6.15, an early arrival. Like it's early because... Y'all said we will land at seven, which is some bullshit. And I, this isn't the first time I've had to do this because last year it was something similar. Got a text being like, me and your dad are in the hospital kind of thing. So this isn't the first time I've had to do this. And I do really, really appreciate how easy they make the process of booking flight. The other thing that they also make really easy, when you need to cancel a flight, you can cancel it immediately. That credit is ready and waiting for you to use the moment you were basically done press cancel and the po the page reloads. So I know that not everyone has great experiences with an airline. I know I've definitely had friends who like one of their worst experiences was with Delta. I will say up until now, I've been pretty lucky. I've only had one or two experiences that I can say were kind of crappy. Um, but each time I needed them to come in clutch because I was worried about my parents, they did. And so all I can say is I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for that. The other thing that I'm like stupidly grateful for, uh, technology. And you're probably about girl, cell phone. Um, weeks ago, my mom and I had had a conversation about like, you know, my mother was born and raised in Colombia. She left in her 20s, moved to, you know, Honduras and then lived in the United States, New York, where I was born and then moved to Canada. And to communicate with her mom who and her younger sister who were both in Colombia still and her uh, middle sister, because um, she's the oldest, who was in Spain, we needed to get like, at first it was like, you just had to try and call through the phone system and literally like, say hi bye because 10 minutes was going to cost you like basically 50 dollars then calling cards became a thing i do remember that that you know she would send me to the store to buy like you know the black card the two dollar one and that gave us like a certain amount of time for colombia and a different one that gave us a certain amount of time for for spain and today in 2023 i can um thanks to t-mobile i can use my iphone to call my mom, no problem, because I get basically, you know, it's not an issue when I'm calling anyone in the US um, or Mexico 
or whatever. And my phone just operates the same way. I'm able to easily communicate with my loved ones. Um, I don't have to go to the bodega to get the calling card, you know, and then be like, oh, no, mom, we got the five minute warning. The card's about to, I don't, I, you know, you know what I have to worry about that, um, T-Mobile will cut you off after four hours. And you're like, how do you know this? I've definitely been on the phone with my mom or some friends. And then the call ends and I'm like, what the? And I'm like, oh, we hit the four hour mark. Um, and I remember calling T-Mobile kind of be like, yo, what, what's up with that? I'm like, well, because like, what if you accidentally called somewhere that you didn't have long distance for? And I'm like, that sounds wild to me. Cause I, I, who but Dallas in this day and age, but okay, fine. Right. So I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. I can just, you know, and once I got here, I was able to immediately like send voice memos and text messages and call my little brother and be like, yo, I'm here. This is what I know. This is what's going on. Mom's doing better. Like, it's just, it makes, I'm not saying that things can't go terribly wrong with technology because I'm gone. This AI shit is weird, but it can also be such a motherfucking saving grace. It can also be such a relief to have these tools that allow us to better communicate and keep in touch with those we love dearly. Um, and then I guess last but not definitely not least, um, one of the things that I think I'm really grateful for this year are the many ways in which I think I see different people that I've encountered through the romance community just be like kind and caring and wonderful. Uh, I tend to not want to like really share about what I'm going through, but I was really worried about my mom and I tweeted about it and I had people respond to my tweet or, you know, message me um, separately via like Instagram or Discord being like, you know, are you doing okay? What do you need? Uh, you know, sending you all the positive vibes and it's really, really, really fucking nice. I think it's, I think I sometimes have a tendency to fall into this trap of like, oh, you know, like only with, you know, you're not that I might think that I'm an island, but I think I sometimes don't realize how quick people are to rally around you when things are hard, right? And just, just it's probably sounds silly, but people just like responding to my tweet and be like, oh my God, you know, sending hugs, sending well wishes, sending positive vibes, um, hoping everything is okay. Let us know if you need anything. It just in a moment where I was so scared and I felt really alone and I, I was terrified um, probably because I literally have just gone through this and I legit was at LaGuardia like crying into my mask <laughs> like I can't do this it was really nice to just open up my phone um, and see like people tweeting me or asking me in my Instagram DMs or on Discord like how are you are you okay do you need anything how can we help like in my WhatsApp group chat, just people being like, yo, you know, we're thinking of you and we're, you know, holding you and your family, like, close to our thoughts. Oh, just so, so, so fucking grateful. So grateful. Um, 
And it's sometimes I'm like, I feel odd being surprised because like when I see like someone being like, oh my God, this is happening with my mom or my dad. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm thinking of you. Sydney, you know, I'm I'm legit like worried. But I think for me, at least I sometimes struggle because I'm like, oh, I mean, I do that for others, but like, I don't expect people to do that for me, which is kind of, you know, I don't need to work on that. Um, I should probably, you know, figure that out. Um, but it was just, it was really, really nice to see. And I love this community. Um, I love talking about romance. I love talking about romance and how it can relate to our daily lives, about how it is a genre that really looks at um, relationships and community, family, you know, in all of its iterations, right? In all of its forms. I love that so much. And I'm so glad that one day I decided that I was going to start to search for like-minded people and that I found them. And that even though some of many of these people I have never met in real life, um, romance, the genre, the books, the stories, even the drama um, has allowed me to connect with people has allowed me to, you know, form bonds that do feel really, really special. Because I know that I can be all like, yo, did you read this book? What about this scene? What about this? But I can also be like, yeah, y'all, things have been a little bit iffy, a little bit rough, a little bit tough. And I can also be like, the most amazing thing has happened the most incredible thing has happened. Um, and it just, it, oh, I love it. So thank you all for listening, for coming on this crazy ride with me. Um, I was, you know, I was worried. I was like, maybe I'm going to come back to the podcast and I'm going to suck or I'm not going to enjoy it or, but I, I love talking about books. Um, and just to circle, circle back to one night, one bite. Cause, um, you know, I think that um, I don't really, I, I see other people talking about this. I don't really ever see the actual people. People are like, oh, I don't read black romance for the union, all these reasons. I'm not going to lie. When I started reading romance, I wasn't specifically searching out black romance stories. I don't even think I knew that that existed. I don't even know. Like when I finally, you know, first found a Beverly Jenkins, I was like, black people in historical? Oh. <gasps> that can be done. Oh, right. But I do think that like, at least for me, you know, now that I've become aware, now that I have Kindle Unlimited, I am able to like look for, and there is something to be said for reading a story where the characters, I don't want to say I relate to them because I think that you can relate to characters, even if they aren't of your exact background, but it is so comforting sometimes to read and realize that the characters that are falling in love, that are finding their place, their family, their community, their tribe, look and sound like me or look and sound like people I might know. As someone, as I, I literally have been going a little bit wild on Harlequins because I think part of it is they are such easy reads, but there have been many times where I've just 
not flinched, but just been like, ugh, another blonde-haired bitch. I almost want to be like, can you make her a redhead? What about some brunettes? What does Harlequin Presents have against brunettes? Why every girl got to have blonde hair, platinum hair, blonde hair, golden hair? Yeah, yeah. Make her a brunette. I know you they're going to be white. It's fine. I accept it. But, like, can we, like, change up the hair color a little bit? They all have to be blonde? And it's like... One night, one bite, I'm like, yo, yo, okay, like, this is a, this is a different, this is letting me and other readers get to see, you know, a paranormal world that is often very hard to find, right, when you don't know where to start looking, and I feel like this is the kind of book that can help a reader really find those books that maybe maybe the algorithm isn't showing you. Maybe, you know, you're not finding them on the bookstagram or the, the book talk or the book tube or wherever it is you get your books. Maybe it it can be a book that can get you to be reading you know, blackity black romance, right? Because it's it's nice sometimes to be like, yo, like these my people, right? Like it, there is a special feeling. And sometimes I'm like, is this how like oh, like white people feel when like they read all this romance and it's just like white, 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 white everywhere? Or do they not even think about that? Like I don't know, cause I'm not white, so don't know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, this book, yo, because ah, paranormal to me, I think for me personally, paranormal, I feel like should have all this because it is paranormal. You're trying to tell me in a world that there are wolves, they ain't black people or people of color. Mm, sus, right? And I'm not a big like fantasy person because fantasy is also separate from paranormal. But like, again, why can't you have, if we've got elves and druids and hello um but I also think I want to see that written by black authors because they're gonna bring a certain this is where my latino side comes out they're gonna bring they're gonna come with a a specific type of sazon they're gonna season it a certain way okay I'm not saying oh it's better it's just it's a different reading experience and at the end of the day when it's written well Yo, you're going to love it. If you don't love it and it's written well, then it wasn't meant for you. And that's okay. Not every book out there won't be for you. I accept that, right? Right now, a lot of people are going on and on and on about mustaches. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Uh, it's not really my jam. I don't, like, abhor it. But it's not really my jam, right? So I know that there are certain things that just aren't, like, really for me. And then there are things that I'm like, yo, this is for me, you know? this is a work of art kind of thing um and one night one bite to me very much feels like the beginning of an absolutely wonderful beautiful motherfucking magical ride and i am ready um so anyway thank you all so much for listening for you know chatting with me um for coming along for this wildness 
I am so thrilled to talk to y'all about romance. Um, and I'm going to keep talking to y'all like every week, every Friday. I'm going I'm to I'm put stuff out because I'm reading the romance. So I got to share what I am reading with you. Okay? Uh, I don't know why I just did that accent. I have no idea. The accents decided to be strong. <laughs> strong today. They decided to take control. But anyway, thank you so much. I hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your week, weekend. Um, hopefully, spring is springing. <laughs> um, because yo, I'm tired of this cold. I'm I'm really I'm really just kind of over it. I'm just I'm ready. I'm ready to say goodbye. Um, so have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful week. Get One Night One by, by Drea Anderson. It's on Kindle Unlimited, y'all. It's on Kindle Unlimited, so treat yourself. Treat yourself. Because you deserve. You deserve to read good books. And this is one of them. Take care, y'all. See y'all next week. I mean, by see, you mean. You know what I mean. Bye.